Okay, Assalamu alaikum everyone. Hello and welcome wherever you might be in the world. Today we will be focusing on the Quran as our anchor for season two, episode nine. I cannot believe that this will be the last episode in my Ramadan prep series. I am so, so glad, so happy, and so honored to have such amazing uh, women come and join me on this panel. And today we're going to be having Sister Layla, and she is a teacher, and her passion is to help um, instill the love for the Quran and the hearts of children all around the world. And so I'm gonna wait for her to join us. Um, she has sent us a join request and then we're gonna go ahead and get started. Assalamu alaikum, how are you doing? How are you? I'm good too, alhamdulillah. It's so good to have you here today. Thank you so much for inviting me, Willows. It's an honor. It's my honor. I am so happy. So I'm going to give you the floor, inshallah. I know you wanted to um, start off the session with the recitation of the Quran, inshallah. Um, so maybe you can start um, read the dua and then start the recitation. Um, and for everyone joining us, please let us know where you're joining us from. Um, and if you have any questions related to the Quran, to your journey with the Quran, to trying to learn or memorize the Quran, this will be your time to do so. Um, and we will answer it throughout the session, inshallah. Inshallah. Alhamdulillah. Um, it was really harsh to narrow down which ayahs to start with. Mm -hmm. But I think I think I will begin with um with the Surah Al-Isra, okay. inshallah, ayah 9, if anyone wants to um, follow along, inshallah. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem Inna hadha al-Qur'ana yahdi lillati hiya aqwamu wa yubashiru ويبشر المؤمنين الذين يعملون الصالحات أن لهم أجرا كبيرا وأن الذين لا يؤمنون بالآخرة أعتدنا لهم عذابا أليما ويدعو الإنسان بالشر دعاءه بالخير وكان الإنسان عجولا وجعلنا الليل والنهار آيتين فمحونا آية الليل وجعلنا آية النهار وجعلنا آية النهار مبصرة لتبتغوا فضلا من ربكم لتبتغوا فضلا من ربكم ولتعلموا عدد السنين والحساب وكل شيء فصلناه تفصيلا وكل إنسان ألزمناه طائره في عنقه ونخرج 
يخرج له يوم القيامة كتابا يلقاه منشورا اقرأ كتابك كفى بنفسك اليوم عليك حسيبا من اهتدى فإنما يهتدي لنفسه ومن ضل فإنما يضل عليها ولا تزر وازرة وزر أخرى وما كنا معذبين حتى نبعث رسولا This is from Surah Al-Isra, and I'm going to read the first um, 11 ayahs of Surah Al-Muzzammal as well, inshallah. Inshallah. And then I'll, I'll uh, talk about the translation later. Inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ya ayyuhal من الليل إلا قليلا نصفه أو انقص منه قليلا أو زد عليه ورتل القرآن ترتيلا إنا سنلقي عليك قولا ثقيلا إن ناشئة الليل هي أشد وطأوا وأقوم قيلا إن لك في النهار سبحا طويلا واذكر اسم ربك وتبتل إليه تبتيلا رب المشرق والمغرب لا إله إلا هو فاتخذه وكيلا واصبر على ما يقولون واهجرهم هجرا جميلا وذرني والمكذبين أولي النعمة ومهلهم قليلا سبحان الله تبارك الله ما شاء الله جزاكم الله خيرا that was so um, soothing and as you were reading it, I was like, um, reading through the English translations. I was like, wow, you couldn't have picked like better ayahs, you know, for our session today. Um, so thank you for being so thoughtful with that. Uh, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Um, it's there's just so many. There were so many passages passages from the Quran, but um, it's the whole entire book. Allahumma barik. Like the whole entire book is an amazing treasure. But for for today's uh, talk, I just wanted to go over the um, the translation of certain Muzammil's ayahs, and then we'll go back to the other ones, inshallah. <laughs> so certain Muzammil um, was revealed during the Prophet's the Meccan period of the Prophet's life, والسلام, <laughs> when he was being ridiculed after the revelation. <laughs> he was being called uh, basically. Uh, which means someone who has been gathered up in clothing or in a blanket, right? Because after the revelation, uh, Rasulullah was quite scared, you know, it was a very fearful moment for him mm -hmm. to have witnessed, you know, an angel coming to him and, and, and speaking these words that he's never heard of and asking him to, to recite and read when he's, 
he's an illiterate man, subhanAllah. Mm-hmm. And so um, the, the disbelievers, they went on to to call him this name, Muzammin, as a way to ridicule the Prophet Wasallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then revealed this ayah, the first ayah, Ya ayyuhal Muzammin, basically making their ridicule an, a, a term of endearment mm-hmm. for the Rasulullah. So he flipped the switch on them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala basically took away from them their their power of like, you know, trying to get the Rasul down. So that's the first ayah. Oh, you who is wrapped in garments. The second, stand to pray all night, except a little. And we know that the hajjud is was followed on the Prophet mm-hmm. But when this... Um, when when this order was revealed, um, the Sahaba also they they went ahead and they were praying at night as well, even though it was not fard on them, but they wanted to do what the Rasul did, and that's that's why they are the best generation, right? They, they they always sought to emulate the Rasul to them. Okay, so it says stand to pray all night except a little, half of it, or a little less than that, or a little more, and recite the Quran aloud in a slow, pleasant tone, right? So part of like what we, what I wanted to talk about today was the recitation of the Quran itself, how, you know, one should try their best to uh, make their voice pleasurable and mm-hmm. to make it something that is going to keep them like mindful of the words and also uh, the slowness or the speed that we that we use to recite the Quran should be helping us reflect and contemplate on the ayahs. So when we, because when we recite quickly, sometimes we recite quickly, you know, yeah. it's, that's the other ayah I'm going to talk about. We recite quickly because that's our nature as human beings. We're always in a rush. But Allah is telling us in this ayah to deliberately be slow in our recitation and to take time to think about the words that he's conveying to us. <clears throat> And then in the next ayah, Allah says, Indeed, we shall send down upon you a weighty word. Mm-hmm. And there's many um, explanations for this ayah. A weighty word can mean literally mm-hmm. that the words of the Quran are heavy. Because mm-hmm. when they were revealed to the Prophet, um, he used to describe it as a very physically taxing uh, experience, receiving mm-hmm. revelation. There were, there were narrations of him receiving revelation when he was on a camel and the camel you know had to went on its knees from the weight of the quran being revealed and then another narration where rasulullah's leg was uh, resting on top of the thigh of another sahabi and that sahabi felt the heaviness of revelation when when an ayah was being brought down and the other explanation is that the the ahkam and the laws that are revealed in the Qur'an are a weighty thing for us, the believers, and for the whole of the alameen, but for the whole of creation, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the Qur'an was revealed as the last word for everyone, right? Not just for the Arab and not just for people who believe, but even, people, even those who don't believe, yeah. they are obligated to, to take this word as the last one, right? Yeah. So um, the next ayah says, Indeed, the rising by night for Tahajjud prayer is very hard and most potent and good for governing oneself and most suitable for understanding the word of Allah. Mm-hmm. So 
is explaining to us the virtue of the night prayer. This is something that, you know, as we approach Ramadan, we try to practice in preparation because Ramadan is really all about the Qiyam mm -hmm. at night. In the daytime, we are, we are fasting and we're going about our lives, um, you know, our work, our obligations to the dunya. Yes. But then at nighttime, we really are in uh, seclusion just us and Allah, and we are praying at night, and Allah is showing us that those times when we're praying to Him and nobody else knows, those are the times that are going to bring you closer to Him and also help you understand the words of the Qur'an. Yeah, Like, that's really, I think it's really um, important that we emphasize that. Mm -hmm. Allah gives a time period where He comes down, He descends to the lowest heaven, Every single night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night. And we have to understand that this has an effect on us physically too. Allah will open up our minds and our hearts and our intellect and, and allow us to understand the words of, of, uh, of Allah during that time. Yes. So Allah encouraging us during um, in this ayah to wake up and to pray and to recite the Qur'an mm -hmm. in a tone. And then in the next ayah, he, he mentions, indeed, there is for you by day prolonged occupation with ordinary duties. So Allah is acknowledging what, what, we, what we know, yeah. that during the day we're busy, right? We have, yeah. we have obligations, we have duties to get, to get things done. We're, we, we, we hold so many roles as human beings and as women, we're wives and mothers and, and teachers and nurses and doctors and all of these roles. But then at nighttime, we are just worshippers, subhanAllah. Um, and the next ayah, Allah says, And remember the name of your Lord and devote yourself to him with a complete devotion. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. alone is the Lord of the East and the West. La ilaha illahu. None has the right to be worshipped but he. So take him alone as wakil. Wakil means disposer of affairs, someone who represents you and your concerns. That's what al-wakil means, subhanAllah. So when, whenever we say like, um, when, we're in a, when we're in a state of concern, we say hasbunallah wa na'al wakil, right? Allah is sufficient for us and he is the disposer of our affairs. We trust him to deal with whatever issues that, yeah. that we come across. And then the next ayah says, and bear with patience what they say and leave with them Leave them with noble dignity. So Allah is is addressing Rasulullah Sallallahu and basically telling him, "Don't worry about the haters. Don't worry about them. <laughs> like just yeah. just ignore it. Ignore it. Yeah. The, the, I mean, this ayah is so profound for me because all of us have experienced unkind words. All of us have experienced it at least once in our life, in our childhood, even in yes. adulthood." And Allah is telling them, you're on the truth. So you need to, you need to ignore these naysayers. You need to ignore these, uh, these people who are trying to um, disturb your peace, right? Yes. And then the, the next ayah is, uh, Allah is saying, and leave me to deal with the deniers, the people of luxury, and bear with them for a little while. Mm. That also very heavy because Allah is saying yeah, in the ayah before it, 
don't worry about the haters, don't listen to what they say. And then the next day he's saying, leave me to it. I'm going to take care of them. They're denying the truth. And especially he's pointing to the people of luxury, the people who are privileged mm. and they're denying the truth, right? SubhanAllah. <clears throat> and he said, just bear with them for now. Mm-hmm. Because what to them, they, Allah knows, Allah will deal with them. Either they accept the truth eventually or they will get what's coming to them, subhanAllah. So, like, this this surah was was sent down as a comfort to the Prophet, وسلم, and as a result, a comfort to the believers. Mm-hmm. Us, we the believers. And, like, there's so many examples of this in the Quran where Allah is addressing the Prophet. Or Allah is addressing the believers, Ya Ayyuhalladina Amen. And uh, like this is part of why I I love that you use the word anchor yeah. to describe the Quran. Because it really is that. It's something that tethers us when we are in times of despair, when we are feeling lost, mm-hmm. when we're feeling sorrow and grief, right? And, yeah. and every human being will feel that. This is not a unique experience. <coughs> Alhamdulillah. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, these experiences are not unique to anyone. Everybody has them. Everyone has gone through them. And Allah is showing us through the Quran. And this is just one example. There are so many passages that are very similar in the way they make us feel this intense love and comfort with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and so, like like I said, I really like that you used the word anchor. Yeah, it's alhamdulillah. Throughout the year. Not only in Ramadan. Ramadan, no doubt, is a special month. It is called the month of Qur'an for a reason. However, the Qur'an has to be used as our grounding force during the rest of the year. Right? And that's how, you know, inshallah, when... Ramadan comes, we will be prepared to take that deep dive into the 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 meanings of the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So um that that was the the first the first bit. Do you, did you want to add anything? I'm sorry, um, no, no, no. I'm I'm just like listening to what you're saying and how like you're tying it back into our subject about like how is the Quran an anchor and the fact that uh, yes, the Quran was revealed at a time that the majority of us were not alive, but the fact uh-huh. is that it will apply to us every single day of our lives, no matter where we are um, in our lives. Right. And the fact that it's kind of what is weighing us down or holding us together uh, when we yeah. are at our most vulnerable or at our most broken, you know, that is the thing that we should be so connected to that we start running towards, you know, but not only in the time when we are in distress, right? But try yeah. to instill that for the rest of our lives, you know, and that was the purpose for this Ramadan prep series, you know, everyone thought it's just for the Ramadan, but in a way that was me kind of tricking them and making them come here. So they realized that, you know what? Fasting, reading the Quran, being somebody who is spiritually mindful can be something that we do for the rest of the 11 months as well. Because if we look at it, Ramadan comes in the middle, right? There's the months before it and there's the months after it. Like that is not just done for no purpose, right? Allah does everything for a reason and for a purpose. And so why can we not take Ramadan as a propelling force 
to help us go through the rest of our days or months until the next Ramadan in the best way possible. So I love the ayah you picked and how you went through it and tying it back into our subject. That is so beautiful. But exactly what you were saying, um, subhanAllah, like you ever feel like Ramadan, it comes when you're really like depleted, like every year, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. it comes. And I feel always like so happy that we go by the lunar calendar. Because yes. we get feel we feel like Ramadan is coming like ten days earlier, right? Than, yes. Than when it was last year. And so it really feels like, you know, you are depleted and then Ramadan comes and you're spending twenty nine to thirty days of just fulfilling your purpose as a human being. Like that's what we were created for. And that is what our souls and that is what makes us happy like people are like oh my god i feel so happy i am like so satisfied i feel so content and they they don't question why it's because that's the natural state of the soul subhanallah to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know that's what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says even those who are not admitting submission they are in submission because they have to follow the laws of allah just like the plants that they yes. revolve around their their core, the sun, they're they're following they're in submission to Allah, they're following the laws of Allah. Every every part every particle of creation, the, the leaves, the, the bits of sand, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says it in the Quran. There's not one leaf that falls except that Allah knows, and not one grain of sand, except that Allah is aware of it. And so what of us? Allah has um, favored human beings out of all of his creation, all of these amazing creations that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made, and we're like in such fascination with it. You know, sometimes when you study the human anatomy, you'll find similarities in nature, right? Yes. And so, like, subhanAllah, it's like we're the favorite of Allah's creation, so we should take care to show that appreciation for mm-hmm. that favor upon us as as human beings you know Allah didn't have to create us but he did he gave us this mighty gift of being alive and having the privilege to worship him like a lot of people they think oh my god we have to worship Allah yeah it's a privilege that you even are alive that you even got a chance to to be associated like and and to be connected to this amazing uh, uh, system where we, we we are in submission to the creator of all things that is a huge honor you know and and that's why like we we shouldn't think of our obligations as as a burden on us we should we should always think of it as a gift and that's one of the things that um i was talking to my students about last um like two weeks ago when it was still rajab and we had the story of Al-Isra and Mi'raj. Mm-hmm. And you know, that happened in the time where Rasulullah was in a very, very difficult state in his life. He had lost the yes. love of his life, Khadija anha. He lost his favorite uncle, Abu Talib, and the supporter for him and the Muslimin. He was rejected by the people of Al-Ta'if mm-hmm. and down, essentially, by the people. And he was just in a state of despair. And Allah granted him this amazing journey through the night and through the heavens. Mm-hmm. And it's like 
it's like Allah is saying, you know, those people on earth, they're not appreciating you. They don't want you. I want you. Like, you're going to come to me now. And we're going to we're, we're going to have this amazing experience where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking directly to him. Yeah. And um, it's, it's just that experience. I always try to simulate it in my mind. Because I'm just thinking about how Rasulullah he felt during that time of mm-hmm. such grief. And then, and then the, the best thing ever to happen to him, he went to Allah, straight to him. SubhanAllah, yes. I just, Subhanallah. for me, that's always something that, um, that just, it, it blows my mind. I know, uh, it's like, it's like something I, that, yeah. that like you can't imagine or like you can't fathom, but it's something that like you kind of want for yourself as well, right? Because we all want yeah. to have the best of the best of the best, whether that be in this world and the hereafter, but we should, that's, that's, right. that's what keeps us striving and that's what keeps us moving, right? Um, And that's why this idea of like, you know, I wanted to kind of like ask my next question of like, how, how to hold on to the Quran as our anchor, you know, like, how how to hold on to it how to make sure that we continue fostering this relationship or connection because we can see the quran as like an entity or like as a person right the more we spend time with it the more closer we get the more we ask questions the more answers we get right so how do we continue to to keep um to keep holding on to this anchor Okay, I, th- I think it cut up a little bit, but inshallah, I think I understood your question. Sure, um, let me know if you want me to repeat can, it. Can you hear me, Siva? Yes, yes, I can hear you. You were asking how to keep the connection, how do we keep the Quran as our anchor? Right? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so during the duration of the year, like we, like we were saying, um, keeping the Quran as our anchor through the year, keep keeping us tethered and keeping us grounded. It's all about understanding that the Quran, uh, يعني, it's not just a matter of us like, you know, memorizing and mm-hmm. reciting and knowing that, yes, you know, the, 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 the purposes of the revelation for certain ayahs and the tafasir and all of these things. It's understanding that when you are in need of hearing Allah's words directly to you, the Quran that was revealed 14 centuries ago, over 14 centuries ago, can still work as a direct wahi, as a direct revelation to you personally. Because, and and I, I remember Ustada um, Maryam Amir, she had uploaded a little clip about this experience that so many Muslimin have experienced when they are purposeful in creating a connection with the Quran where you're feeling something and you're you're confused or you are uh, you know in need of counsel and in need of advice and sometimes humans they just it doesn't cut it you know you you have beautiful friends and you have beautiful family but you need something else. You need you need that divine uh, comfort and that divine advice. And so, Subhanallah. Sometimes you will come across an ayah in that exact time of need. Either you would open the Quran and start reading, or you know someone will will recite will be reciting and you hear the ayah and it's like, 
wait a minute, that I, I like I've heard that ayah so many times, but right now it sounds so different to me. Mm-hmm. And that has happened so many times. Yes. Like even even as I was trying to prepare for this live, I was like, what ayah am I gonna choose? What ayah am I gonna choose? Subhanallah. And <laughs> I just I just sat and I just I just started thinking. I'm like. I'm gonna just open the Quran. I'm gonna open the Mushaf, and 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 then I I just it, it came to me. Subhanallah, Allah knows. Allah knows, like your 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 purpose, your intention, and your sincerity. So He will send to you those verses that are meant to penetrate your heart at yes. that moment. Because yes. like you will go through the Quran many times during your life, inshallah. Yes. But Quran is kind of like this. How do I say it? Uh, it? It's been revealed to all of creation, mm-hmm. but it's tailored to every single one of us. Yes, yes, it's so it's, it's tailored, so amazing. Yes, it's it's tailored to every single one of us, and it will always be relevant to every single one of us. There's not one human being has ever lived that this Quran is not relevant to. Subhanallah, and that's what also makes me, as a Muslim woman living in 2021 yes so grateful that i am of the ummah that got this that got this book because you know i could have been born thousands of years ago and i could have been born whenever but allah allah decreed for us right now to be born in the ummah of rasulullah in the ummah of muhammad and we got the final revelation the most perfect of books yes. the most perfect of constitutions and manuals that is a huge na'mah that's something that can anchor you yes because, you know subhanallah the other lost to time and and have been altered mm-hmm. and and things have been omitted and things have been added to them but the quran has been a promised preserved book and that is so important for us to remember because like subhanallah it's like not only was it preserved in written form, but it's preserved by our own hearts, the human beings. Like how many people have memorized this book? It is a massive thing. It's a, it's a massive undertaking to memorize the book of Allah. It's a huge task, but millions have done it. Perhaps billions, we don't know. SubhanAllah, and it's like, even if every, every copy of the Mus'haf was suddenly destroyed, there's still going to be the Quran in the hearts of the Muslims yes. around the world. Yes. And it doesn't matter who, where they're from, it doesn't matter what language they speak, their mother tongue, what culture they come from. This is this is what unites us as yes. people, as yes. our ummah. And that's something that can anchor you because when you think that it's too difficult or this is such a huge task, a huge undertaking, my tongue is too heavy. My tongue gets gets tongue tied with the Quran. I was just talking about this to my student the other day because she she was having difficulty with one of the surahs that she's memorizing, and I said, put put your trust in Allah, people, before you have done it, and they've had much more difficult. Like you know, some people they have um, uh, different learning abilities that really challenge them. Yes. Subhanallah. Yes. You know, but but they have. They have persevered, and Allah made it easy for them. In Surah Al-Qamar, 
Allah says four times in one surah, He says, Indeed, we have made the Quran easy to remember. So is there anyone to remember it? SubhanAllah. Right? It's, not, it's not to belittle the difficulty of learning the Quran. That's, that's not what I'm trying to say. Um, I don't want anyone to take it like the wrong way. Um, but but when a person puts in that effort to learn it, yes, and make sincere dua, make mm-hmm. sincere dua, Allah to open the doors yes. of knowledge for them, that becomes so much easier because you will be sent people from you don't know where yes. to help you. Yes, it happens. Yes. I've never yes. had to like. Um, think about where I'm going to find a teacher because I just make dua, yeah, Allah, please send me somebody because I need help. Subhanallah. That story because resonates with me. It's that it's that desperate want to be connected to the book of Allah, to be anchored by the book of Allah. And so that's what, you know, that's what I tell people. Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't really have in this in this country, in the United States or in Canada, I don't know if they have it, but we don't really have a database no. <laughs> of like Quran instructors or no. like... No, we uh, don't. We should Quran. though. We should. We should yeah. have a database. Like yeah. that is such that's an amazing one, idea, that's right? That's like dreams, yes. yes. Yeah, like a database of all the teachers and their different specialties. Yes. But... Um, <laughs> You make dua to Allah and Allah will send them to you. The, the perfect teacher for the yes. perfect student. SubhanAllah, I agree with that so much because when I was at a time where I kept bouncing around from like teacher to teacher, because sometimes the time doesn't work. Sometimes the way the teacher teaches you doesn't work. Sometimes you as the student are not able to learn the way the teacher is teaching you. It's not the teacher's fault. Like there is a teacher for everyone and there's a teaching style yeah. for everyone um and the idea of having like a quran database is amazing i would love for something like that to yeah. happen you know um and especially wow. now that it's online though it's become more prominent for you to have teachers online whereas before it was really really hard right and people weren't as readily available because they had their own um in-person schools to go to um and so this story resonates with me because when I went through a time where I was bouncing from teacher to teacher, basically, I just sat down and I was like, Ya Allah, I don't know what to do. I want to learn the Quran, but I don't have a teacher. I can't find anyone. Nothing is working. Nothing is sticking. What do you want? Do you not want me to learn the Quran? Am I not deserving um, to learn the Quran? Because at this point, I don't know what else to do. And subhanAllah, the next day I found a teacher, you know? and it's and alhamdulillah like when i think about it i'm like it's in that moment of desperation when i cried out and i was like what do i do you know and so we need to humble ourselves and we need to ask for help from allah because yes allah has made us capable we're able to do everything in our lives but at the end of the day all of those capabilities are given to us by him so when we humble ourselves because until that point i was thinking i can find a teacher i can do this this is not that hard there's so many teachers out there and i i just it just wasn't working but the minute i put my trust in allah and i was like ya allah i've tried my best I don't know what to do from this point. You take care of it. SubhanAllah, the next day, I found a teacher, you know? So 
it feels kind of magical like when i'm talking about it it feels like something out of the movies you know when everything is going wrong and then all of a sudden everything is right and the hero wins the girl and the money and all of these things you know what i mean it feels like that but that could be your reality if you choose that to be your reality and i talk about mind shifts a lot with my clients because it's all in your mind and prepping for this episode i had asked a lot of people like are you ready to accept the blessings that are going to be coming into your life? Because if you're not open to the blessing of the Quran, and if you're not open to having a connection with the Quran, why should the Quran have a connection with you? You know what I mean? Because the Quran is one of those things on the day of judgment that will shade us, right? And so we want to be worthy of that shade. And uh, Nasra says that I found mine in the gym. Alhamdulillah, that is amazing. Everyone, please share us your Quran stories, how you found your Quran teacher or how you found your love for the Quran. Um, Let us know where you're joining us from and also your questions because um, after the next question, I'm going to go ahead and uh, ask the audience to send us their questions because I have two more questions left. And I also want to keep the sessions short and sweet. Um, So... The gym, what an amazing place. <laughs> she found her um, teacher in the gym. And, you know, subhanAllah, Rasulullah, he says that our body has a right upon us and our mind has a right upon us and our soul has a right upon us. Yes. So as she was fulfilling the right of her body upon her, she found someone who will fulfill the right of her soul upon her. Allah Mubarak. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's yeah. Amazing. The most unlikely of places. <laughs> Subhanallah. Um, my next question is about um, uh, like the healing power of the Quran and how now that you touched upon the fact that every part of our body has a right over us, right? What is the right that the Quran has over us? Because for me, whenever I think about this, I think of the verse that Allah revealed um, or Aisha, uh, peace be upon her, said that every letter of the Quran has its own rewards. So Aleph is yes. a letter and Ba is a letter and Ta is a letter, you know? And so yeah. And so, how, how can we understand that and how can we comprehend that and, and be like, wow, like this is my connection with the Quran and this is how I'm healing through the Quran? Well, there's so many types of, of healing through the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran itself literally that the Quran is shifa. So it is a medicine, right? Um, and like when we say medicine, we're, we, we can take it also to mean uh, spiritual medicine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For spiritual ailments. Yeah. And we can mean it as a physical medicine for physical ailments as well. Um, and, and the Quran itself as shifa can be used to treat, to directly treat these ailments and also to help us like understand how to um, prevent as well, to prevent um, illnesses of the soul and the heart and our body as well. So that's one of the things like, you know, for instance, whenever I am suffering from any physical ailment, use your right hand and you place your right hand on top of wherever body that is whatever body part that is hurting yeah and you can start reciting the quran one of the most um well-known methods is to recite surah al-fatiha seven times yes 
Sirtul Fatiha is a very powerful medicine, mm-hmm. very, very potent medicine, as is the rest of the Quran. But we have been directed by the Prophet specifically for Sirtul Fatiha, um, especially with, when it comes to physical ailments. When it comes to the spiritual ailments, we have been instructed to use Surat Al Falak and Surat Al Nas, right? So we have the spiritual ailments like the evil eye, mm-hmm. uh, like like um, the black magic, like jinn possession, um, like Wiswas, the whispers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these things, inshallah, can be um, cured with the permission of Allah. By reciting these two surahs that are called al Mu'awidatain. They're called the two protectors and they were revealed yes. to the Prophet when he was attacked yes. in Medina by people yes. who were who were aiming to to have him killed, you know? Yes. And and black magic it can kill. So so these two ayahs were sorry, these two surah surahs were revealed to protect him um and to treat him. But now SubhanAllah, as we are still re- reciting these surahs thousands of years later, it, it, you can use it as a preventative and as a treatment because we are instructed yes. every single day in the morning and in the evening to have some certain azkar that we say from the Quran and from the ahadith, like yes. the du'as. And this is these two surahs are definitely one of them. That's one of the preventatives. And then you can use it also in aruqiyah as a treatment so um subhanallah the, yes. the, the quran the words of allah like like you like you were saying before you can you can view it as like a physical thing and that's kind of how i see it like not not only as a book i'm saying but the yes. words themselves. because you know part of part of the treatment process is okay you can recite it yes you can cup your hands you can recite it do the dry spittle and then wipe on yourself. But you can also take um, water or anything that you are drinking, you can recite over yes. it, dry spittle, and then drink that, and it goes inside of you. Now you have the words of Allah inside of you. And subhanAllah, these things can be, it, it can be used to heal. Um, like, I can't explain to you or emphasize how transformational these, these things are. Yes. If you have yes. the yaqeen in Allah and you the conviction and the faith yes. that He will heal you. Yes. That He will heal you. Not the Quran itself, but through the Quran with Allah's permission. That's yes. very important for, for everyone to understand as well. Yes. Um it's 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 a very very um potent potent healing. And I'm not saying that um, you know, I don't believe in modern medicine. We take the medicine. We take the medicine and we we have hope in Allah that through the medicine he will he will deliver us healing. Not yes. the medicine that's gonna cure us, it's Allah's permission that yes. the medicine will cure us. SubhanAllah. Right? SubhanAllah. So that's that's very important for us to understand. Um <clears throat> especially like I'm talking as someone who suffers from a chronic illness. Yes. I have to take medicine for a lot of things, but ultimately, my first inclination will always be to ask Allah first, Super. and then to take my medicine. Yes. You know, because this is like I have to believe it. Allah says that it's a healing. I have to believe it. Yes. I have to, and I will believe Allah over anyone else who tells me, you know, this is 
a miracle cure or a miracle pill or whatever. SubhanAllah. And Allah granted us healing in his nature. You know, there's herbs and there's fruits and vegetables and amazing things that Allah's created. Allah said, for every disease, there is a cure. And so, you know, one of these cures is the Quran. You yes. know, we have to believe that. Yes. That the words of Allah, they have um, power over us, like physically and spiritually. And not to mention that, like, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that Allah says that um, indeed in the remembrance of Allah, the hearts find ease, yes. right? And find tranquility yes. um, and peace. So, you know, one of the things that I feel is um, very common that we hear nowadays is is the healing, the healing yes. process. Like yes. we're healing from our traumas and we're healing yes. from um, experiences, you know, that we've had in life. Yeah. And so take the Quran. Believe that it will comfort you. Yeah. Allah will comfort you through the Quran. Um, you know, just some of the some of the most trying times in my life have, has been settled and made okay by the Quran. And I've always felt like so privileged that, you know, alhamdulillah, I learned the Quran at a time that was, you know, it was relatively easy for me to, to learn it, alhamdulillah, like, you know, in childhood. So that when I got to adulthood and things began getting difficult and, you know, Allah was was testing me and, mm -hmm. and, and delivering this, these trials that I had, I had the book of Allah to rely on. I had the book of Allah to find the answers in, and also just to recite it, just to hear Allah in through my voice. I hear Allah, you know, subhanAllah. Like, um, <laughs> one of the things that I always dream about is like, inshallah, we all are granted Jannah. Um, just, just to hear Allah recite, recite his own words. Yes. But, um, we also have to, we, we have to also relish in our own voices hearing Allah's words in our own voices, that's healing too. Yes. You know, there's a lot of talk about the inner child and how we have to protect the inner child and heal it. Because there are times that when we were children, we were not, um, yes. our boundaries were crossed or um, we, weren't, we weren't put in safe situations mm -hmm. or we, we didn't feel the security that we needed as children. And so... As adults, we still have this inner child inside of us, right? Mm -hmm. That is still comfort. And when we betray ourselves, we are actually like hurting the child that still lives within us. Yeah. And so, like, like when I think of that, I think of like how when I when I recite the Quran and I hear the words of Allah in my own voice, I'm I'm like. It, it, I, I, I can't explain it in words, but it's like Allah is comforting me, but with my own voice. Like I'm hearing that affirmation through my voice. And I think that is very, very powerful. Um, and that's why part of like what I was talking about before, the, the Ruqya and like reciting the Quran over yourself to like heal and in, in water to heal. Yes. That is so powerful when you do it on your own. Yes. Right. And like if, you know, some people, they, they require help from, from others. Of yes. course, you know, there is no judgment. But when you do it on your own, you know, Allah gave us the tools to heal ourselves. That is amazing. That is amazing. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah.
subhanallah yeah. this is like such a big topic that like you know we can talk about it for hours and have just um a session by itself yeah. but like the reason why yeah like but like the reason why like i wanted to tie it into this session as the anchor is like kind of to remind us because reminders benefit the believers you and me and everybody watching right and that sometimes we forget how powerful this book can be and that it's not just a another book it is like the yeah. book to turn to for whatever ailments or causes or depression or pain or anything that we may have because yes we have the western medicine but at the end of the day this is also another form of healing right um and we should take advantage of that because not a lot of people in the world are fortunate enough um to have yeah. this as a form of um healing for themselves you know subhanallah um so the next question that i'm going to ask is going to be a little bit of fun for everybody watching um please let us know where you're joining us from or you're listening and if you have any questions because uh, we have about 10 more minutes left and i would like to finish the session off in that time but i want to ask you um what do you like to do for fun i ask all my guests this especially during this time of corona because i want to see what you do and so that it gives me and our audience an idea of maybe be something new to try um something new to cook something new to eat i don't know somewhere new to go um so let us know what do you like to do for fun during these trying times inshallah <laughs> okay well um i'm gonna try and talk about the things that i, I got into post corona yeah uh is yeah which is like one of the things that i did like maybe i started it like three months before corona started was I started I started a TikTok account. Oh, subhanAllah. I, 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 yeah, I didn't think anything would come of it, but subhanAllah, it's grown, and um, I've kind of, like, cultivated an amazing community on there, too. And Inshallah. that has been a very interesting journey because Inshallah. I've never been one to be, like, in the public or, or um, crave public attention. Like, like I said to you before we started live, I get nervous every yes. time we do a live. But you're doing so well, mashallah. Nobody can even tell. No, I, I, I always like Subhanallah. Allah knows. But um, the only reason, really, that I have continued, even when I felt like, oh my God, this is becoming too big and this is becoming too much, is because I, people have said, you know, I'm benefiting. I've learned so much. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been inclined to learn about islam some people have converted alhamdulillah it's like, it's, it was a blessing so i i always tell myself if something is um benefiting people and um like they are learning about allah and about islam then that's fine you know i always ask allah to use me for that for good and mm -hmm. to serve him serve his creation through me that's that's what i always ask allah and the other two things that I really enjoyed during um, during this pandemic, during this quarantine, is uh, journaling. I've gotten a lot of like little stationary things like washi tape and like really cool pens and stuff. I have so many stickers. Wow. <laughs> so I keep buying stickers. I keep buying stickers. I can't stop. And so like I would just make an excuse to, to write in my journal so I can use my stickers. And um, sometimes I also write Quran in there, like just, you know, it's it, it looks pretty too. I, I love it. It's so it's, it's like therapeutic for me. And um, I bought a lot of plants, 
in the last 12 months. Mashallah. <laughs> oh, me too, me too. Yeah. Me and my husband kind of went like overboard. Every week he brings a new plant and I'm like, is it going to survive? Oh my God, what do I do? Which one do I water at one time? You know, at one time because you forget, subhanAllah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and, and it's just—it's been such a source of comfort for me to look at these plants that Allah has created and watch them grow. And it, there, there's so many life lessons to being like a plant person. Yes. The if you neglect them, they just start getting sad, and your own energy—the energy that you put out—it affects them as well. And it's just yes, like yes, yes. Subhanallah, I have noticed, I've noticed, definitely. I don't know if you have noticed because you also teach Quran and I don't know if you have like your flowers or plants around where you teach Quran or recite Quran because I have seen the difference for my plants that stay on my yeah. table where I recite versus the plants that are like a little far away. Like, you know, Subhanallah, it's like the ones that are closer to where I'm reciting, they have bloomed more or like they're greener. Whereas the ones that are further away, they're like, okay, they're fine, they're surviving, but they're not thriving. You know what I mean? That's and so subhanAllah, like I never even thought of this because orchids are supposed to flower like every four years or something. And yeah. this particular one that I had on my table where I would read the Quran bloomed like three times already, you know, in the six months that I've had it. Wow. Mashallah, yeah. like that is so, so amazing. So my sisters Definitely. asked for my secret and I was like, I'm not telling you my secret, but now it's out for the whole world, right? If that plant you have is dying, do what I'm telling you and you will be amazed. <laughs> Subhanallah, I'm telling you. No, I, 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 I believe it. I believe it. Anything is possible. Subhanallah, we're talking about the Quran, the miracle. So, um, yeah, the plants have been so therapeutic and a source of comfort for me. So I'm, I, I can't wait to get more because it's spring now. And now all of the, all the plants are out. In the, yes, in uh, yes. Everybody who loves yeah. gardening, join us. We should have like a gardening club. Like I want to transform my whole uh, veranda or like the terrace outside. I want to get those like little flower pots and put it. Yes. Yeah, yes. I think it would be Do so it. nice. Yeah, absolutely. I encourage everyone to do a little bit of growing. It helps, alhamdulillah. Yes. So yeah, that's what, that, that's definitely something that I've been doing just for for fun and for, I guess you could say therapy because, subhanAllah, <laughs> it's been it's been strange this this whole quarantine thing. But there's also been benefits. There's always yes. khair in everything. Subhanallah, so, yes. I think the yeah. biggest thing for me is the fact that I'm connecting with so many people from around the world, you know, like you, like so many other sisters that I've had on my show, right. other people that I've met and connected with that. I don't think normally me and you would just be sitting and doing this because it would feel so exclusive or like I would have to go to your country or you would have to come to mine. But now we can have these amazing conversations and these amazing beneficial platforms online, you know? Um, and so that is amazing. And uh, yeah, I think like, I, I am so grateful because like I feel like um, quarantine began at a time where I was kind of starting to um, hermit myself because, you know, I was like experiencing some hurt from the community mm -hmm. and like, oh, you know, I can't deal with people and all that yeah. stuff, you know. And, and and I was kind of like kind of a losing my hope in humanity sort of thing. SubhanAllah. But this started. And I was a little bit more active online and I found like 
such amazing sisters and it really restored my faith in people. Subhanallah, <laughs> Subhanallah that's Allah, amazing. Like, oh, there are good people. Alhamdulillah, there are good people. Yes. So, so I am grateful, like you said, because um, perhaps if we were just doing our normal lives outside of quarantine, we wouldn't have connected like this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And with all the other sisters that I've met, Alhamdulillah, I'm so grateful like for everyone that has reached out to me or that I've reached out to and they've been um, receptive of, of, of my like, you know, reaching out. I'm, yes. I'm so grateful. And especially for you, mashallah, you, you, you took a chance and then as a result, you kind of inspired me to take a chance on others. <laughs> yes, alhamdulillah. This is positivity, right? And growing the community together and that there's space for all of us and that we're all enough and that we have our own unique talents that we can offer yeah. to the world, you know, and especially as immigrants, especially as identified Muslim women, you know, who are visibly Muslim, um, like it's a whole other struggle, right? And yeah. just being in a place where you always know that you're not really meant to be there. And so we need to take up space and we need our voices to be heard. And, you know, who Absolutely. better than like, for example, you and other women that I have interviewed who are so talented in their field, who do so much good work and still a lot of people don't know about them, right? Um, and I'm just gonna take a look and see, we have some comments. Um, yes, uh, Sister uh, Pat or Brother Pat, we did do the Quran recitation at the beginning. Um, so you did miss that, but you could watch the live again once I post it um, to go ahead and uh, listen to it. And for everyone else, doesn't seem like they really have a question and we have three minutes left. So I'm gonna give the floor off to you. If you have any last comments or um, if you would like to just gather up your thoughts together. And so, inshallah, we can end it in three minutes. Inshallah. Okay. Then I will end it by reciting just one verse of the Quran yes. from Surah Tukhahef, which we should be reading today yes. because it's Jama'ah. <laughs> and by the way, Jama'ah Mubarak <laughs> for yeah, everyone here and to you. Inshallah, we all have a blessed Jama'ah. Yes. I mean, um, it's, it's Ayah 109, and it says, A'udhu Billahi وَلَوْ كَانَ الْبَحْرُ مِدَادًا لِكَلِمَاتِ رَبِّي لَنَفِدَ الْبَحْرُ قَبْلَ أَن تَنْفَدَ كَلِمَاتُ رَبِّي لَنَفِدَ الْبَحْرُ قَبْلَ أَن تَنْفَدَ كَلِمَاتُ رَبِّي وَلَوْ جِئْنَا بِمِثْلِهِ مَدَدًا And this is translated to mean Say, O Muhammad if the sea were ink for writing the words of my Lord, surely the sea would be exhausted before the words of my Lord would be finished, even if we brought another sea like it for its aid. And um, the reason why I recited it is just to encourage everyone to take that deep dive into the sea of the Quran during this Ramadan, inshallah, because it is so vast and you will never, ever find yourself uh you know mastering it because it's just too too vast and too deep and it's just never boring to me i i'm never bored when it comes to to learning the words of allah and to learning the knowledge that is contained in the quran mm. um and through the sunnah of rasulullah so take that deep dive keep the quran as your anchor throughout the year but do your best effort during Ramadan to go that extra mile, to go that extra step, and to really like plunge into the Quran as much as you can. 
Subhanallah. Thank you so much. That was such a good way to close it off for everyone joining us. Thank you so much. I hope you all have an amazing day and amazing Ramadan. And if you have any questions, make sure to connect with me or sister Lela. And I'm sure that we'll be more than glad to help you. And we wish you all the best on your journey with the Quran. And we would love to hear from you. And so let us know how your journey with the Quran goes. And with that, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Sivara. It was so nice talking to you. Alhamdulillah, me too.